Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is the Adventure Jogger. Imagine for a moment a million feet of vertical gain, because we're all looking right now at our Strava end of the year results. And how many of us have a million feet of vertical gain for 2020? I'm guessing there's probably only one person that has a million feet of vertical gain for 2020. And he's my guest from Hamburg, Pennsylvania. Jim Blanford is on the Adventure Jogger. Welcome, Jim. Oh, thank you for having me. This This is a monumental thing, Jim. One million feet of vertical gain. If we just started counting now, like one foot, two foot, I think until like the middle of next week, we'd be counting, if I'm correct. <laughs> yeah, I had a good year. For sure. But before we get into the year and the, and the desire to, to do this, let's kind of get the Jim Blandford story. Tell us about, you know, where you're from and, and how you got into running. Uh, I was probably back in the early 80s. Uh, my dad asked me if I wanted to start running and um at that time, uh, there were a lot of uh, 10K races, so I slowly got into doing some 10K races, and then uh, in high school, I did a little bit of track, and then after high school, I kind of got out of that for a little bit, and then eventually wound up uh, getting back into running, and when I was 35 or 36, I'm 50 now, and uh met some people that were doing some trail running and it was like, uh, well, I'm not going to do that on the real Rocky trails. Well, then it changed into a, a whole lifestyle and, uh, it really turned into something special. Well, that's really, you think about, you did it in high school and so many of us, you know, do a little bit of running, whether we're on track or the cross country team. And then there's that moment in, in middle life usually happens in the thirties. For those of you that keep running, through your 20s and into your 30s, consider yourself lucky. I think you're the exception and not the rule. What what brought you back, Jim, in your mid-30s to running? Um, I don't think I ever really lost the desire to run. I just really never could get back on track to keep doing it. I would do it maybe for two, three weeks and try to run like you did in high school, and then you wound up getting sick. And, you know, it was all kind of about speed and not really what has it involved into now of running with friends and talking the whole time. And, uh, you know, then I do that two or three week thing, you know, buy the new pair of sneakers and then just forget about it after you got sick. It was like, oh, I can't run if I get a cold and, you know, then it just, as you know, time goes by. And then eventually, you know, it was like, I'm going to try this again and decided to go up in the mountain, get off the roads and to not be running near cars and, you know, wound up meeting some trail runners and they invited me out and, you know, I was looking around and it's like, well, you know, if they can do this and, you know, I can do it. And, you know, at that time I was, um, had two younger children and just really fell in love with the, um, the whole sport. And, uh, you know, it was a nice way to get out and burn some energy off and come back and enjoy the family time, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
exactly. Um, would you remember the first yeah. trail race you signed up for, Jim? Uh, the Blues Cruise 50K was my first one, and I think that was 2006. Um, so I slowly probably started running again in 2005, and then, you know, eventually, you know, decided to do Blues Cruise. That's a local race for me, um, and I'm part of the Pagoda Pacers now, and that's their uh, one of their big races on the, the East Coast here in uh yeah, I did that one and then went right to Hat Run 50K in March, Bull Run 50 Miler in April, and went right to Massanutten with people shaking their head. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, was, hey, hey, Jim, slow down. <laughs> right, yeah. I was like, you know, looking at everybody, it's like, well, wait, if, if they can do it, I, you know, I'm going to try it. And, you know, it was a good night at a Christmas party and <laughs> it was like, sure, I'll sign up. Why not? Everybody else was in the group. And yeah, that's how it kind of progress there that is so funny that i remember signing up for my first 100 at a christmas party or actually new year's party i'm sorry and there was a lot of a booze of flowing there was a lot of people <laughs> talking and then it was <laughs> it was like next thing you know everybody signed up for one right yeah and at that time this this area was really big with the the massanutten 100 um we'd have 10 people from our running club probably that would be going down to to run that race and there are a lot of crew that would be going and pacers and it was that whole race just turned into a big family thing of going back every year and yeah that that's a everybody loves their first hundred but that one just really hooked me in yeah oh yeah it's a magical moment and then to have so many people that you know also yes. out there that fast progression jim 2006 where you sign up for that first 50k another 50k 50 miler 100 miler did that turn out pretty good for you or was there some lessons to be learned about about maybe pacing yourself pun intended um it it actually went really well um i think i didn't know a lot at that point so (laughs) um i just kept running and everything kind of worked out and finished them all that year and you know after that you know i have plenty of dnfs that i can count and uh but that year, yeah, it just went really well. And then, you know, after Mass and Nun, I finished that. Then, you know, then I was just felt really run down. And, you know, I didn't probably do another race until Blues Cruise that following October. And, yeah. Yes, what you're saying, Jim, is that ignorance is bliss when it comes yes. to <laughs> early right. on in your career. Um, had yeah. you known the things you know now, maybe you would have pumped the brakes a little bit. Uh Maybe. Um, I didn't get too caught up in a lot of races because we just have a really great running community in this area and our training runs are so fun. You know, I'd, I'd rather do some training runs than think about races all the time. It's it's going out for four hours training run and having fun. And then uh, that's the best part over the years that is progressed into. Well, it's a lot cheaper too, Jim. I mean, to yes. go out, <laughs> what do you, what do you have? 20 bucks for a couple of goose and some, yep. <laughs> and some, uh, some hydration and you, you're, you're pretty good to go as opposed to a little pricier to, to run a race every single weekend. When did you discover that you kind of had a like for vertical gain and climbing? Um, I guess I just looked at everybody else's training and then, you know, I would just, 
you know, at first it would be like a four or five hill day. And then, you know, eventually, you know, you get a GPS watch and you see some different things there. And then uh, I just always like going up and down hills. Uh, and my first um, big year of hills was uh, guessing 2011 or 12. It was just one summer. It was in August and I felt a little burned out from, you know, thinking I had to do different races. And it was like, you know what? going to go out and do some hills today and i got home started thinking that night and it was like you know what i'm going to see how many hills here i can do for the whole month of august and that that month i just i spent all my time on that hill and just went up and down and you know i i think that's really where it took off and it was just a great time because hills are so rewarding you know if you're hiking running walking you know you're still getting a workout and if you go on a road a flat road and you're walking it's like doesn't feel as rewarding when you're walking on a flat road <laughs> for sure yeah exactly it's it's quite a bit different so you get an idea in your head well okay this million feet of vertical gain in 2020 was this a plan going into 2020 or at some point where you're like oh god i maybe i could hit this number uh no not in the beginning um well then with covid hitting and having a lot more extra time when everything was shut down um, me and my other friend, Ryan, that you interviewed, mm -hmm. um, we spent a lot of time on, at one area because um, main, my main area that I do hills at was closed. Uh, so we, you know, on our days off, which were quite a few, we just really enjoy hills and we work really good together. And um, we got a lot of elevation there. And then in May, they had a, a vert challenge um, from a race company out in Arizona. Uh, they had a vertical challenge for our seven days. Yeah. Um, so two days before that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I was thinking about it and it's like, why not try it? I have the week off. I have nothing else to do except my daughter's graduation was one day that I had to go to, but the rest of the time um, was free to go and do Hills. And, um, my wife's very supportive and she knew that the plan was that I was going to be away the whole week pretty much during the day to, to get this elevation. And, um, once that was completed, I hit a hundred thousand feet, um, that week, which was a, a huge week for me. I never even thought about what I could do in the event. And, June came along and I looked at my numbers and it was like, you know what, if I would stay healthy and can keep running and doing this, I have a shot and it's just going to take a lot of time and there's no races really going on. So I really don't have to do too much flat running. I can spend a lot more time on the Hills and it kind of went from there. Then I knew I could hit it. And these last eight, 10 weeks, I put a lot of time out there to get some big numbers. Well, going back to the the vertical challenge, the seven days of vert, you put a hundred thousand feet of vertical gain in in one week. Did you end up winning that event? Um, yes, there were some two people that had numbers higher. There was a treadmill division that people could go for the numbers because they were going basically all uphill on a treadmill, which right. is really hard in itself. I'm sure because I can't do a treadmill. That's just <laughs> yeah. And since I'm so close to the vert here, it, it just, yeah, worked out for me to to do that and um, went out every day and had some people stopping by, which made it 
real easy instead of being out there by myself. And um, they were bringing me some food and some drink. And yeah, just uh, I kept going and I felt good every day. I paced myself because you can really, you know, you can destroy your legs on one hill if you really want to on a downhill and you're done for the day. All right, Jim, you know when that seven days of vert challenge was over and the results were revealed, there were a whole lot of people west of the Mississippi going, who the hell is Jim Blanford from Pennsylvania? We should have had this in the bag with our big mountains and some Pennsylvania guy wins this thing. <laughs> I hope so. Beast Coast, right? <laughs> right, right. Exactly. But that's that's an impressive uh, title to bring home to the Beast Coast because people out, out west like to make fun of our mountains because they're not as big. Um, mm-hmm. And so for you to go out and win that, not on a treadmill – and, and not do the treadmill division, but actually go out on the real mountains. Jim, you, you did us all proud, sir. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fortunate. I am. I'm very fortunate to live where I do because five minutes, there's a, you know, five, 10 minutes from my house is a, a hill that I can get like 570 feet on and 0.35. So it's, you know, winds up to be like 750 feet per mile when you go up and down the whole time. And, it's it's a huge advantage living here to have that that close oh wow that's yeah because there's so many people that live in flatter areas you think about the folks that you know live in the midwest or you know illinois and kansas and in those states where it's like to get the amount of vert that you can get right outside your door that requires a treadmill and then even a treadmill with um you take like some cement blocks and put it underneath your treadmill so you can get even even more uh vertical gain because 12 or 15 percent's not going to do it you would be what some would call an expert jim in going up hills and going down hills and especially after a year's worth of a million feet of vertical gain what what, what are some of jim blanford's tips to we'll start with going uphill you're the uphill expert. You're the vert expert. What's something that everybody could do to change their uphill game? Don't look up. <laughs> <laughs> you get discouraged if you keep looking up, right? Right. That can really take it out of you. I mean, you got to love going uphills and, you know, the speed isn't as much of a factor to me anymore. I mean, I love trying to run up them fast. Um, you know, I have friends that are really close that, you know, we have Matt Lipsy and Zach Miller and a ton of other fast people in this area that they know how to run the hills super fast. I can go up and down all day that they might not enjoy that kind of hill training. Um, but those guys are amazing to watch and I respect that speed that they have. It's it's amazing. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, Lipsy has got an incredible, uh, incredible sense of speed and he's he's ridiculously fast. But I mean, it's the long game for you. It's two different things, right? The shorter distance going all out for that amount of time where you've really kind of developed the long game. Do do you what do you find the percentage of your power hiking versus running up a hill is? Um, it really like I go date day to day so some days i'm feeling really strong and you know i'll run them all uh, and then some days it'll be power hiking so it, maybe 50 50 you know it all depends on the day and i really just try to feel it out that day because some days you go there and you feel real strong when you get out of the car and it's like oh this hill is just 
kicking my butt today. So then I just change it to a power hike and not really think about it and come back the next day and feel good and, you know, run some. Do you have supplemental training that you do like weights and what have you to help with all this climbing or do you just stick to walking up a hill? Pretty much walking up a hill. Um, it's a lot of walking, hiking and running. I mix a lot of hiking in with my running all the time just to keep it fun because all running to me is I'll lose interest. And, you know, when you run in flat, you tend to run a little faster and you can, I can really get burned out quick. So the hills and hiking and just mix of all that um, really keep me healthy, I think. Do you refer to it as power hiking and not walking, Jim? Because walking just doesn't sound extreme enough. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And some days I just love going out for like 12 miles and just taking the the hiking poles out and just really uh, trying to power hike as fast as I can and like not even take one running step. And I love those days, too, you know. Well, you think about it, so many people neglect that, Jim, and so many people think, especially when they get in and they're younger, they think, oh, I got to run absolutely everything. And there is a benefit to to power hiking because it's a different set of muscles. And especially if, if you're running longer races, being able to give one set of muscles a break and then you know activate another set really helps kind of you to maintain some decent speed over the long run. Right. Yes. What about, some, okay, go ahead, Jim. Some, some days I can go out, you know, and do those, just say two, three hours of hills at a really fast pace. And then the next day, if I would go flat, it does seem like a, a different muscle that I could run a little better the next day than you think I could. Um, and that's need to mix it up like that too. So you can get some good benefits of both days. All right. Downhill. I've heard people say, brace yourself. I've heard people say all gas, no break. Jim, if you're going if you're going up a million feet, you're going down a million feet too. Right. What what is your advice for for downhill running? Um, just really keep your eyes on the the trail ahead of you. A lot of the trails that we have with the AT, this is a pretty rocky area. Um, you just got to really keep your focus and. You know, know the spots, know the trail where you can maybe pick up the speed a little bit. And we do a lot of the group that I run with, uh, we do a lot of road repeats, stone road repeats. Mm -hmm. You know, that changes it up a little bit, too, where you can just let your thoughts wander and not concentrate too much on the rockier trails. Um, It just takes a lot of practice. And um, the faster you go, the more chances you're going to take. So it's not every day fast downhill jim's not giving up his secrets jim you're hanging on (laughs) to the million uh, feet of vert secrets so no one can steal your crown next year that's that's what i'm sensing here jim um i did do a little research i did see some people that are out there at manitude incline that have some huge numbers i mean my million i'm really fortunate that i I hit that number to stay healthy, but there are some guys out there that probably hit three over 3 million doing that. Um, and that's just crazy when I think about it. Now they have much of a, a big, a big climb there on the incline. Yeah. And that's pretty amazing too. You're going to say like, well, yeah, you don't have a job and kids. 
I got a million feet of burden and I, I'm gainfully employed and I have kids. You could have thrown that right. down, Jim. <laughs> now, now on the downhill, do you do you take are you a long stride on the downhill people? Because I've seen people really fly downhill with long strides. And then I've seen people that really fly as well with shorter, really quick strides. Are you a long stride or, or a short, quick stride guy? I'd probably say a long stride most of the time. I guess it would depend on terrain, but probably on a a smoother trail, I would say a longer stride. Okay. All right. So your advice would be smoother trail, longer, crappier trail, shorter. Yeah. All right. Write that down, everybody. That needs to be your <laughs> mantra if you're <laughs> if if you're if you're going for hills. All right. So you you get to you finally see that million mi- million feet of vertical gain is within your strike, right? A huge number. If you would have, you're probably kicking yourself saying, "I should have told a friend they should give me a penny for every uh, foot of vert that I get," because you'd get a pretty nice check at at the end of the year but you didn't do that jim but it's finally within striking distance and you said you had to put in some big miles some big weeks just to get up to this million part to kind of finish out the year what did those weeks look like for you um this week i kind of took a little bit of a an easier week it's funny saying that because i'm probably over ten thousand, which was a big week at one time until i (laughs) started getting this closer to this number. Um, the week before I hit 41,000 for the week. Um, then other weeks I was in the twenties, maybe a 30, but I was over a hundred thousand a month. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, that's such a, a huge number. And there's for some of us that live in big mountain country. It's like, Oh yeah, that's a typical week. But for a lot of us that are in flatter parts of the country, that's just a massive amount of, of gain. How do you feel like your climbing legs? Do they, do they affect your speed, Jim? Or do you find that it's kind of, it kind of pairs together? Um, I don't know if it affects my speed too much because I'm not really going for those super fast times all the time. Yeah. Um, uh, today I went out and I felt really good and did a nice eight mile run at a pretty fast clip and felt pretty good. It, it's just going to take a little bit to go those times to get those times at longer um, miles. It, it's once I start going back to more flatter stuff and I'll, I'll feel a little bit better, but right now I'm just like thinking like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to start running again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you really can't go back to flat. You can't do flat stuff now. No, because you're, no, no, I won't. Yeah. You're Jim. Yeah. You're Jim Blanford. You're, you're Mr. You're Mr. Vertical gain. You're Mr. Million mile (laughs) vertical gain. So you kind of shot yourself in the foot. You really can't go on the local rails to trails for a year and like not do any vertical gain people would be disappointed if they saw you like in some flat like if you signed up for one of those really flat hundreds like the the one that's out in kansas you know people be like wait a minute is that jim blanford did he lose a bet he's the vert guy that would be rough Well, so so you hit that that mark, and I did see someone left a T-shirt, a million f- feet of vertical gain T-shirt on yeah. the on the windshield of your car. Yep. 
Yeah, that's one of the guys I've been running with off and on for a couple years now. Um, we have a a Tuesday night um, hill repeat. Um, it's called Tuesday Night Hills, and people wherever they are, they'll um, usually show up, and they've been showing up for years. And uh, I think last week was our twenty seventh week of the year, to, and we'll just show up at five o'clock and just go up and down a hill, and it's it's a great time. Everybody looks forward to it. It helps them through the week um but he's one of the guys that would come to my tuesday night repeats and um yeah it was a it took the logo from my would usually post on facebook for the groups that when we do this run and uh yeah it was a that was a great surprise um yeah well it's one of those shirts too that you know i've I've often joked jim about all the cool shirts that we have, but when we wear them outside of runner circles, it means nothing. And they have no idea, like, what even is that thing? So you, that's right. just a shirt where you're going to have to explain. Like, that's a shirt yes. you wear to work and people are going to go, what the hell does that even mean? And then you're going to have to give them the story. Exactly. Yeah, I don't even talk about running at work anymore. They just, they, they don't understand. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jim put too many people to sleep and he was like, okay, I can't, I can't do that again. Uh, so 2020, huge year of vertical gain have you thought of of like what are you doing to do for 2021 or are you just happy with i got this achievement we'll see where next year goes yeah pretty much that um we'll see where it goes um i probably will slow down i won't be at least at the start of the year i'm not gonna go well i I never say never but um i I am signed up again for the mass and 100 and i'll probably sign up for the bull run 50 for from the Virginia happy trails running club. Those are some races I I've done for a long time and I'm just going to do like I do every year. I'll do the training and see how it goes and hopefully it'll work out and then I'll be there on the starting line. You know, you never know what's going to happen, but the training is to me, I just love the training, but that's, that's the plan right now. Those two events, Jim, I've often heard that it says if a failure to plan means that you'll, you'll or was it, is it fail to plan? And you won't you won't succeed or something along those lines. You don't seem to have a plan. You're not a planner, Jim. You're a nope. let's see where this goes type of thing. Yep, there's no plan. <laughs> Other than Tuesday night, that's that's a plan. I have to be there. That's one place I have to be every week at five o'clock to run the hills with a big group of friends. You know, I think we all could use a little Jim Blanford in our lives. I think sometimes we get kind of over overplanned with everything and we have every minute of every day and every run is planned out the day before. Jim, it kind of sounds like you're a wake up and let's see how this goes type of guy. Yep. That's exactly what we try to do and um the group that I'm with, you know, we we never know when everybody's going to get there. It's like somebody will finally cave and say, okay, how about 11 o'clock? And then, you know, some people will make it. Some people will meet us halfway out in the run. And, yeah, we just kind of wing it. It's it's a lot less stressful and makes the whole uh, running thing and hiking thing a lot more enjoyable. Have you always been that way, Jim? Or is that something you, you, you found later in life? Uh, I probably have always been that way, at least with running. Yeah, I don't plan too much, um, you know. Some days you wake up, you think you want to do a 10-mile run, and then by the end of the day, it's like, there's no way I'm doing that. And you go out and you go out and do 15, you know. Sometimes you you have it that day, and I try not to 
make it overcomplicated. You know, I, I know so many people, Jim, that are like the complete opposite where the week is planned, the month is planned, the year is planned, and they're probably yep. going crazy right now. They're going like, I can't believe this guy <laughs> just wakes up. He just wakes up and decides what to do. Like he doesn't have a plan. He signed, Do you yeah. sign up for races like the week of? If I can, yeah. <laughs> the you, one race I would do every year is the labor pain 12-hour, and I wouldn't sign up for that race the, until the day of. I, I knew I wanted to do it, but I just always would wait until <laughs> the morning of to sign up. I, <laughs> yeah, I never liked to plan. <laughs> no, it's so funny because, Jim, the current ultra-running world is not a world that really works well for Jim Blanford because you have to sign up for everything six months right. to a year in advance this is not your world there was a time jim where you could go ahead and show up any race really and, and bring your 60 dollars cash for an entry fee and get in but that's not the case anymore jim nope that's <laughs> nope. fine with me jim you're the you're the cool, relaxed guy that everybody needs. We need to have like a Jim Blanford hotline that when people are overthinking things and kind of losing their minds, they can call you and then you can kind of chill them out a bit. I really like the way people do plan their stuff. I, it just never worked for me. And, you know, I do ask people that do plan like a lot of questions of why they do that. And they just, you know, they have their own reasons you know they just like to look at something when they wake up they do the five miles they're done and they can move on with everything else um it's just just gives anxiety planning that much with running <laughs> <laughs> so so races jim are you a drop bags person or are you like a eh, whatever i need i'll just find it out there uh well my wife is usually my crew um with the group that we had uh, and not everybody likes crews and pacers but yeah in the area around where I live, it was just a a big part of the whole process. And it just really became a whole family. And it was just, uh, it was so nice to share trail with so many pacers over the years and different crews. And, you know, it really inspired them to get out too, if they weren't already doing it. And, you know, it just, yeah. So she's my wife, Karen, she's a great, uh, crew and she's a big part of why i can do what i do and understands well maybe she doesn't understand she just tells me to get out of the house sometimes and get <laughs> in um but she's a great crew so i would just come in and she would have the stuff it's pretty simple for me you know i just get an energy drink of gel and drink some water have some coca-cola take an s cap and i'm out i like you said no no planning if you have a plan it usually has to get thrown out the window on your way to the race morning because it never works. Okay, but okay, we've got to kind of amend something we said earlier, Jim, that we all need to be a little more uh, Jim Blanford and stop <laughs> like like planning and stressing over things because the, it sounds like the reality of the situation is, Jim, you fly by the seat of your pants, but your wife is there to mop up the mess that you leave behind because she's the prepared person. Yeah, yep, exactly. <laughs> she's a planner. <laughs> So, so just know, Jim succeeds at not planning because he's married to a planner. If you are not married to a planner and you try the Jim Blanford <laughs> no plan route, you're probably it's probably not going to turn out well for you. It's going to bite you in the ass at some point. Yep, hundred <laughs> percent. 
now we got the real story, Jim. Now yeah. we got the the absolute real story. While while yeah. Jim's just kind of like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll sign up for yeah. a race today. Um, maybe I won't. Maybe I'm going to run this mass of nothing or whatever. And his wife's just like in the background going, "He's going to need this. He's going to need that." Like she's, you're, yes. yeah, you're, you're, you're causing, you're causing your wife an incredible amount of stress, Jim. Exactly. I'm the one that buys his energy drink and gels on the way to the race. <laughs> and she's got a whole stockpile of them in the back of the car. She probably should. Yes. She won't stress so much. <laughs> Jim, I sure hope you get her something real nice for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Blanford, one million feet of vertical gain in 2020 and a rather interesting way of looking at the world of running. Jim, what a great accomplishment. Congratulations. I'd say I hope you have a great 2021, but we'll just kind of see how that goes. Yep, yep. Can't <laughs> wait for it. We'll see what happens. <laughs> no better way to say it, Jim. Thanks for coming on the Adventure Jogger, man. Thanks a lot. We are 100% listener supported. You can make a monthly pledge on our Patreon page. Just search The Adventure Jogger on Patreon or go to theadventurejogger.com. Join the community on Facebook and Instagram by searching The Adventure Jogger. And subscribe to The Adventure Jogger wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode.